Welcome to the Sisters of Resistance podcast for the week of 1126. The speakers on this podcast sometimes use bad language and so listener discretion is advised. I'm joined this morning, pre-pre-Thanksgiving, uh, uh, the day before the day before Thanksgiving. I'm joined by my sisters Meg McIntyre, Sandine, and Franny McIntyre. Uh, girls, how are you this pre-pre-Thanksgiving day? Great. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Mm -hmm. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go, skating by a lot of topics this morning quickly and lightly. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, this is so important to me. I am glad to do it. And I'm glad that no one can see what the rest of my house looks like. So I have a company <laughs> coming and I have some, just a little bit of baking and cooking to do before, beforehand. But, um, I am I am giving thanks for the rule of law. Great. So Reggie, you, you whatever you say. Okay. Um, first of all, I'd like to comment on the Belgian Malinois that had a visit to oh. the White House. And the uh, president and the first lady were both scared to death of said Belgian <laughs> Malinois, known yes, as Conan. And uh, had to hold the dog. Pence had to hold the dog. And in fact, the the 45 was going, wanted to put a muzzle on the dog, which the dog is probably more trained up than any, oh. any military and military officer. And the dog was quite happy just to sit there. But of course, you know, uh, it's just so pathetic and so ridiculous. So you I, know, I mean, the, dogs, the dogs only eat their hand fed after they do something right. So the idea that he's going to attack it, but we've mm -hmm. got to remember that, 45 was telling a long story about how the other guy ran down the tunnel pissing and moaning because he was being chased by the dog. Uh, See yeah. what I mean? So well, he's, 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 you know, he, it was all in his invention, but he clearly now we know he's terrified of dogs. Well, you, you could just see it that Trump was like his back was to the wall there. He was like trying to back into the wall. I thought Margaret's got sterner stuff around dogs than Trump. <laughs> I, I pretend at least. And Melania was like, if she could have crawled up oh. one of those gothic columns, she would have. But her six-inch heels wouldn't it wouldn't have allowed it. But have uh, you seen, you know, the president, the vice president, and the yeah. first lady greeting anyone else? <laughs> no. No, hey, look, you know, Conan got to the White House. Zelensky couldn't get there, but Conan got there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me that, you know. And the other thing I read was that um, that Trump's ex-wife, Ivania, had Ivanka. a dog no, named Ivanka. Yeah. Had a dog named Chappie, and Chappie, part of the divorce apparently was Chappie kept barking at Trump. Oh golly! <laughs> oh. While they were married, showing that the dog had it was a greater judge of character than forty percent of far the electorate. Far <laughs> superior judge. Far superior judge. Um, so we start off with that little bit of snark. And so, Franny, what did you have, you wanted to share with us this morning, a couple of things, I think? Well, yeah, I just, I have been continued to be um, uh, convinced that the proof of this uh, quid pro quo bribery extortion scheme is going to be found in the Office of Management and Budget paperwork. That those uh, folks are, 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 bureaucrats, but patriotic bureaucrats who, because they're handling money, are going to have a paper trail or develop a paper trail to cover everything they do. And mm. if they do anything untoward, it's going to say on it why they did it and who directed them to do it. 
And so that I really think when they say follow the money, that's why they say follow the money, because someone's got to sign the check. Someone's got to bring the receipts and it'll show up in the OMB paperwork. And so I was really interested to see this week that White House Counsel Cipollone is apparently doing a review, by the way, an internal review of how the White House got in this pickle. And they're looking yeah. through yeah. all the communications. Look in the emails. mirror. <laughs> they're looking to see who they can, who they can pin the, pin the tail, yeah. which donkey they can pin the tail mm. on. And apparently... Um, have come across emails and communications that suggest that um, uh, Mulvaney had reached out in early August to find out whether or not it was legal to place this hold uh, on the money. That yeah. may not be the exact terminology, but basically mm -hmm. he is scrambling to have a legal Definitely. defense in early August. Yeah. And it's well known because he's acknowledged it that Mulvaney stopped the flow of money in the middle of July, he said he stopped the flow of money. Trump was on the phone call on July 25th, and it was in early August that the White House first became aware that the whistleblower was out there agitating and worried about what had happened on that July 25th call. And so that was the point that uh, Mulvaney must have caught on. Someone's gotten wind of this, and he starts scrambling around looking to uh, cover mm -hmm. his ass. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to me, it clearly so shows a consciousness of wrongdoing um, that they're trying to develop a, a paper trail and go back over it. Now, interestingly, apparently the OMB lawyers had said that this hold would be legal so long as it was just temporary. Ah. Uh, so there's considerable back and forth. And this is, this is leaked out of Cipollone's investigation. Um, the, 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 the word is, as Trump would say, that Cipollone and Mulvaney are not getting along. And, you know, if that contributes to why this particular piece of information um, met the light of day, I'm not really sure. Um, but um, I'm very intrigued to see uh, what else will come out of the OMB. Um, we remember, for example, that Laura and, and, Cooper... And Franny, can you, can you imagine how Mulvaney felt when he, when he felt that cold wind on his bare behind and realized he was being hung out to dry and could he cover it? And there was no one behind him. And then he started desperately because he, he knows, he knows. It must've felt a little bit like Conan was nipping at his bare behind is <laughs> kind of what um, my thinking is. But, but you said about Laura Cooper. Laura Cooper from the Department of Defense had pointed out that uh, in her testimony last week that there were three inquiries about the, the, the money on July 25th, which is the same day as the phone call, two emails that were received from Ukrainian officials and a third inquiry asking about it. So it's clear that it can be established that the Ukrainians knew um, on July 25th that there was a holdup in the money, but more importantly, that all this stuff tends to be fairly well documented. It tends to be fairly well documented. And so that um, the... Uh, I think we can anticipate that there's going to be stuff coming out of it. So um, what's happening next with this? There's been a FOIA request gone out by the Center of Public Integrity to the Office of Management and Budget and the Department of Defense for all paperwork um, that has to do with the holdup of the Ukrainian funds. And that has gotten a very fast treatment by the court. Um, the, it could only have been filed last week. Um, and the court is saying that because this is important information for an imp impeachment proceeding, um, there is an imminent public debate that is going on. And that imminent public debate requires, um, is, is justification for the release of these FOIA records. 
and by the way, part of Cipollone's um, effort there to do the White House review was to find out what records would be subject to a FOIA request. They have come oh. up with 106 pages of responsive requests, 106 pages. And so the judge has ordered yesterday that they be disclosed the first batch on December 12th, the second batch on December 20th, which is probably still clearly within the impeachment inquiry timeframe. And, um, and so Good. I think we can look forward to a fair amount of more material coming out about that. So Excellent. it raised the question because, you know, Margaret's had so many roles in her illustrious career, but one <laughs> of them was particularly handling FOIA requests. So Margaret, um, to me, this speaks to the fact that, you know, first question I have is why didn't Adam Schiff think about sending a FOIA request? I know Reggie's done this sort of thing. Why did he not think about that earlier on? And um, also that there must be some wonderful patriotic deep state functionary that wants to see the FOIA uh, law enforced in full as, as folks in that role tend to do. How did all this stuff come to light? Do you think? Well, well um, it, it, I think I find FOIA to be quite interesting. And when the FOIA and then later supplemented by the Privacy Act are uh, started in about 1977 to 78. Um, no one knew how to handle it. It was a desire for transparency in government. And the FBI, for example, had to suddenly staff uh, up in response to all the questions that were going to be coming in uh, with requests. The standard procedure is that you, you make a request, you have to get a letter back within 30 or 45 days saying, we got your request, we're working on it. Ordinarily, that's where things stay for a long time. When there is no quicker response, you then can just try to go to court. And so in, my, in one of my past lives, I helped with the uh, defense explanation on FOIA requests that were taking longer. Now you have to understand that in the old days we were working with people who had to go over each document and they would use brown magic markers because those Xerox is blacker than a black magic marker hmm. in hmm. any event and it's reviewed by two or three people before it goes to a supervisor. What is removed is information that is under the exemptions that we talked about several weeks ago um, it might be information that would reveal a law enforcement source. It might be something that's under pending litigation. It's all done very carefully. So it's really not one person that gets to do it. It's done as a team approach. It then goes to uh, a supervisor and then uh, it, before it can be released. And luckily, because the first group that was going for the Department of State, is, I think they're called American Oversight. Yes, it's a bunch right. of pro bono attorneys working for the public good. Um, they were experienced. They knew how to play the system. They requested and received from the court the authority to speed things along. Because ordinarily you file a FOIA request and then you get at the back of a long, long line. But I think that the importance to the public said, uh, showed, and the court ordered that they rapidly process these things. Now, I'm sure because that- Because it was uh, the impeachment inquiry is so imminent. Well, because not it's just, needed this for was that. before that. You mm -hmm. see, 
it was even before that. It has nothing to do technically with the impeachment. These are requests. It's a authority that's granted by the federal government to people who wish to find out about documents and actions of the federal government. So this information will be provided to them subject to all the different exemptions. So, you know, we have talked in the past about redactions, the black spaces, that was all done in order to protect, uh, you know, law enforcement sources, security concerns, and so on. In any event, this has been done so rapidly. And what's good is because a lot of this is out in the public arena already. So there was no need to protect anyone. For example, it is my understanding that the information from the Department of State shows that Mike Pompeo was right up there, stuck in the glue, absolutely knew what was going on, knows everything about this Ukrainian uh, shakedown. Okay. If that wasn't already out in the public, that information probably would have been protected. So it is a wonderful confluence of events. Now, we also have requests that have come from the House concerning the impeachment, and that's another issue before the court, and more things will be coming there. But what tickles me about the FOIA is that these boobs in the White House who don't know anything think that they can just say, don't release, don't talk, no one will ever find out. And they forgot about this access that has been available since 1978 to the knowledgeable person, especially the knowledgeable attorneys, this wormhole in the fact that they were able to come in from the back door and receive the same information that Adam Schiff was requesting, the same general type of information. But of course, FOIA law is, provides this to American citizens. It doesn't provide it to Congress. Congress's rights come under the Constitution, and that's undisputable, as we heard about this uh, Amy Jackson Berman of Berman Jackson's um, uh, decision this week, where she said that the president's not allowed to kneecap Congress. But in any event, all these things are happening at once, and it goes back to something we discussed months ago. Is it better to have one gigantic thermonuclear missile headed towards 45, or to have lots of sharp arrows coming. And all the sharp arrows have landed, and that's what's going to bring down, I hope, 45 with the rule of law. So let me throw this question out. Does anybody have a theory as to whether they should just stay with the Ukrainian uh, shakedown, or they should add obstruction of justice and the whole uh, collusion with Russia? What do you think? We should just stick with one thing, one, one sharp spear, or you know, scatter it through several different uh, initiatives? Anybody with a point of view on that? Yeah, whatever, whatever. I, I, it just seems like the the poll numbers have not changed right. dramatically. That's, That's my the fear. problem. And uh, whether or not the voting electorate uh, can wrap their head around yet another issue such as, let's just say, obstruction, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you know, you and I, you and I and Meg can certainly figure that out. But with all that's going on, not only that, the... Uh, the press, so the conservative press being what it is, and who knows what the Russian bots are doing at this stage right. of the game. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked the other day about how the, the Dems really have to have a 
clearer narrative around what happened here. And maybe that's part of the problem. Um, and, and, and not only that, but his support, his base is so at this point, I think they love the fact that, that the, that the, the, the Dems get so riled up and get so nuts. So that's why they've just entrenched themselves. Meg, what do you think? Well, I, I really agree with what you said, Reggie, and, and I will follow on to it. It is a pretty open and shut case, especially when you have admissions coming from 45 and from his chief of staff. The obstruction of just this single bad doing, wrongdoing, is enough. There is enough there. The difficulty is that the bendy banana Republicans have no problem looking right at a camera and lying to the American people. Yeah. I'm used to 45 lying, okay? It's, it's, it's not amusing, it's not enduring, endearing, but I'm used to it. But for them to continue to propagate this myth about Ukrainian uh, pro, uh, interference with the election, which is, has been shown a thousand times to not be true. You know, we had one guy that did an op-ed because he, mm -hmm. he felt that uh, 45 was telling Russia, yeah, you can keep Crimea. I mean, that was not election interference. But in any event, the Republicans will not stand up to the bully. So instead of defending him, their whole tactic is to cause confusion and to tell his base, this is so complicated and it's silly. Don't even look at it. So basically, it's very difficult to move the needle if you have people who will not listen. So I don't no, think no, they're so going to listen to everything else. I, I think we've got to go with this one thing. Now, if added information that pertains to this Ukrainian shakedown comes up, it should be included. But I think if we get back into anything that leads to the Mueller report, they're going to say, oh, dirty deal, it's already been decided, no collusion, no, you know, and so on. So I said, I think it would be safer if we could stick just to the Ukrainian uh, shakedown. I, but even then, even then, with the truth on our side, these people do not play by the rules. No, they, none, they, none. They, they play no rules. However, when they get caught, they then retreat to a place of safety. For example, appealing, uh, appealing to the Supreme Court. Anything to buy time. So they break the rules. They say, oh, you don't have to go to court just because you've got a subpoena. But when yeah. they get a bad decision, they say, oh, oh, please let me run to the court for its protection. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with people that don't play by any rule, it's going to make it extraordinarily difficult. And that's why I kind of feel like we're doing this for the sake of history and to make those bendy bananas stand up and look at history in their children and grandchildren and say, I'm supporting a dictator. I'm supporting a liar. Right. I don't care about the Constitution anymore. And, yeah. and that may be the only victory that I get. There are none so blind as those that will not see, which mm -hmm. is the status of the Republicans right now. I was very interested to see Kennedy, uh, Senator John Kennedy, oh, say on, oh, on, uh, on uh, Chris Wallace that maybe it was the Ukrainians. Nobody really knew, and Fiona mm -hmm. Hill was entitled to her own opinion. And then backtrack it last night. Do you know oh, that last night, that. He was on, last night he was on CNN and said he was wrong? Ah. Last night he went on CNN and said he was wrong. Um, I think I mean, the foremost expert 
right the world expert on russia in the world and he's calling her good advice to this country an opinion just just another opinion. she's you know and and so my thinking is that um, i'd like to see it split up into several charges i think the ukrainian shakedown i think the obstruction of congress mm -hmm. and then I think they're looking at the obstruction of the Mueller report. I think they're thinking of doing it that way. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah. And, and, I, and I favor those three because, you know, we're not dealing with a fair-minded jury in the Senate. Mm. Um, but it may be, it, more stuff may come out um, after they've got the impeachment charges fixed. And I think that what, isn't, what I suspect what is what, what is not laid out in the charges won't be, there will be no evidence of it when it goes into the, into the trial of the impeachment. Um, and um, I just think that sometimes uh, one of them will become more clear, more difficult to deny, or there would be a, um, essentially a compromised verdict, verdict, like in the Eddie Gallagher case, who, uh, this is the Navy SEAL, of course, oh, that Reggie was bringing right. to talk about at the beginning. Yeah. They yeah. had him charged with all kinds of heinous crimes, including murder. And what do they finally, that jury settles on photographing him with a dead body, you know, a clearly body. a compromised yeah. verdict, but they did tag him for it. And that's what you know could bring about these these consequences. So I, for one, favor several different charges, not the single one. Um, now I got a few other topics to just run you through. Well, I just want to. I just want to. Let's just follow. Ahead, let's, let's just follow through the Navy with the Navy. Oh, Seagull. Reggie, you know about you? Captain's no, mask and everything. Uh, yeah. Your experience. Tell I us. I mean, I just naval investigative service. It, it that's just, where Reggie works. just bothers me. So it just is so bothersome to me. I mean, if this guy. If he is going to go back into the ranks of the SEALs, he's going to be useless to his platoon or to his unit. They're not going to want him, you know, and, and, and for, you know, for 45 to insert himself in this issue. I mean, as you guys said the other day, it clearly, you're politicizing the military and he has, he, he is commander in chief, but Jesus, you got to know when to, when to not insert yourself. And he's just inserting himself for his base. That's all this is. That's all he cares about. He could care less about Eddie Gallagher, you know? Right, just Fox. Care less Fox. about yeah. him. And uh, it's not good for, you know, they call it good order and discipline. And uh, it does not, you know, so what I heard on the radio, somebody said, you know, keep, uh, those in the military are going to think they can do stuff and get away with it. And that's the problem. That's the problem. So, you know, Geneva Convention, whatever else all, you know, just toss that and, and, to the wind. And Reggie, with your experience in the Naval Investigative Service, now the Naval Criminal, Criminal Investigative it's, Service. It's been that way, NCIS for a long time. Yeah. Right. Reggie, you had experience also investigating even from small to the large issues. But just could you briefly talk about a captain's mast? I just, I love that name, but to show how strong the discipline is. I can't because I, it was so many years ago, I could Google okay. it for you, but I cannot discuss it, you know, the way that Okay, you it's just, just as a way that, I guess I like in the, the old days, the person yeah. was stood up and had to answer questions. But, yeah. you know, that whole good order and discipline is how the military works. But again, 45 could care less. Right. All he thinks about is what it is temporary win for myself. Okay, I'll shake the hand of the dog. Right. I will... Uh, forgive someone. All is just raw meat, right? Bread all and circus. That's yeah. all it is, and it's it is frustrating. Yeah. Okay, Franny, go ahead. 
I just, I just got to say, I think part of the danger that you point out there, Reggie, with Eddie Gallagher is he goes on TV, he's an actively serving oh. uh, serviceman, he's on TV, yeah. and he's trying to get the troops to back him against the commanders and in favor of the president. So just completely politicizing this whole thing, which is the danger, of course, of some sort of military um, uh, political allegiance to the president as opposed to the commanders. Uh, you're right. It just completely destroys good orderly discipline. And uh, it's just a complete travesty. And Trump's and, got no idea what the frig he's doing. And not only that, this Eddie Gallagher got on Fox News and called out the, the yeah, admiral or the commander, superiors. whoever his yes. superiors, relative to the SEAL team. I mean, that is stunning. You'd never, ever see that. Ever and, and see saying that. that that this admiral was, you know, was insubordinate to the uh, commander-in-chief. Oh, and of course, this all just feeds into, you know, 45's ego. Right. Right, exactly, exactly right. All right, Franny, go ahead. Just a, just a little quick skate through um, the legal scoreboard for the week. Um, yesterday, of course, the judge, uh, Katanji, I've got her first name memorized, but not her two surnames, um, entered a ruling that the claim of absolute immunity, which our listeners will recall, means you don't even have to show up. You can just throw your middle finger up at Congress. Um, it has no basis in law whatsoever. Um, that, as you said, Meg, that there was no way the president could kneecap an investigation just by telling all these people not to show up, that they must show up and they can make a claim of uh, privilege question by question, but they can't simply um, refuse to appear. And so uh, apparently now um, McGahn has said that he will testify unless um, the order is stayed, uh, the decision is stayed, and the Department of Justice, remarkably, I just do not quite understand how, but justice is defending um, the White House on this. And so apparently the expectation is that they will um, appeal it. And we'll just have to, as the president says, see what happens next. But this is exactly the rope-a-dope that uh, they keep using that expression that um, Adam Schiff and Nancy do not want to get into uh, with regard to trying to get these people before the court. And just and, and Franny, question, I just want to say months ago, months ago, you explained this about privileges and answering questions and all the different options. So what this judge has explained so beautifully is very common legal sense that all attorneys know. But these people operate outside the system. Right, you can show up and claim a privilege to a question, right. but you can't just not you show, show up. up. You have right. to show up, and every day anybody gets a subpoena, you gotta go. I mean, you can deal with it when you get there, but you gotta go. Um, and so the question then arises: Well, what does this mean? Who does it affect? It doesn't affect anybody but Donald McCann, because that's whose name is at the top of the paperwork. Now, other witnesses may take it as guidance, or ex ex they can anticipate where this decision is going to go based on the soundness of of what Judge Katanji wrote out there. But um, as a practical matter, it has no legal uh, effect, no force against any other individual. Meanwhile, we find out that long tooth Rudy Giuliani, there's some <laughs> remarkable cartoons that are showing up about him um, and the way they depict him um, is uh, that the Southern District of New York is, is closely interested in him and sending out subpoenas to people around him. So he's got a lot to be really nervous about. Um, and then um, the Bolton uh, Kupperman lawsuit that is pending now before our Massachusetts native Richard Leon is still pending, even though the subpoenas have been withdrawn or no subpoenas have been issued, and there is no right issue before Judge Leon. Nonetheless, he will not let it go. The theory is that maybe there'll be some other impeachment stuff that comes through the door, and he wants to get it snagged. He wants to have it 
um, be his issue oh, okay. and that somebody well, else would refer it to him. Inbox. Right, yeah. in his inbox as opposed to anybody else's. And the thing is scheduled for December 10th for a hearing, but I can't imagine who's going to show up or what's going to be heard because, like I say, there's no active dispute. Um, so, so those are the things um, that uh, I, you know, I wanted just to uh, say I'm watching uh, to see what effect the McGann ruling has, to see if in any way it gets Bolton from his shy, reclusive um, <laughs> you know, corner of the planet that he's hiding in, um, teasing us all with, you know, I know you're wondering what I'm going to be up to and you'll be excited to hear this kind of what stuff. What an asshat, really. <laughs> really? Yes, Richie. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, Bolton. Yeah, get I'm your really, ass in there and fucking testify. That's what I'm wait, interested in. Wait for my book, Miss, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's what he you. wants to do. And what interest is there going to be in his book if he won't come step forward and be a patriot? So we should just, um, we should just, um, what's the word? Uh, boycott? Boycott. 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 I was going to say it begins with a B. Just boycott the goddamn book. Refuse to pre-order it. Just refuse to pre-order it. So, so yeah, I saw, you know, everything I got except, you know, who's going to be the Democratic nominee? What do you think? Bloomberg? Jamal Patrick? Boy. Any I'm, one I'm, of them, I'll back. Yeah. I'm, at this point, any one of them. <laughs> Any functioning adult, Reggie Sarah signed that said yeah. any functioning adult. Any functioning adult. Um, Meg, I just, uh, I just looked up a ca uh, captain's master and admiral's master. And basically, see, my, my experience, well, we should back up a little. Meg and I worked on a very important contract fraud yeah. case back in the 90s. It was called the Illwind. And she did one thing, I did another. And um, so for, because of that, I ended up doing contract fraud. I didn't do a low, whole lot of work around the around. Uh, UCMJ and that kind of a thing. Um, but anyway, a captain's master and admiral's master is a procedure whereby the commanding officer must make inquiry into the facts surrounding minor offenses allegedly committed by a member of the command. So that's what it is. So for instance, in Newport, while I was assigned to Boston, there was a guy that was um, like a peeping Tom. And so he got caught so I got yanked into hmm. doing that, but that was just a minor offense. So, but uh, but it and it's but every it just shows that every aspect, yeah. and then the UCMJ stands for the Uniform Code of Military Justice, right? Which is a lot like the federal rules, but yeah. has some differences. But again, the whole thing depends upon authority, respect, precedent, from the smallest infraction to the largest. Where this was a war crime that was committed, right? Um, it, 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 it must be allowed to proceed. And again, it was very unfortunate. And, and thank you, Reggie. I just, I just remembered hearing you talk about it and I just love the name. It's so I know, it's kind of cool. It, yeah. It's so Captain Ahabby when he, when I know, he when the gold going to the mask. <laughs> yes. No, does, I, does, uh, does it mean? I love, I liked, um, well, the, and the thing is, is, you know, uh, with an article 32 or, or, or you know, he, you get a jury of your peers, you know, so right. he had That's a jury a court of martial article 32. Yeah. Court yeah. You know, so he had, yeah. a, you know, a full, uh, uh, a jury of, of, of officers and fellows within his, within the military, you know? So it's not like they get a bunch of civilians and drag them in there. They're they're and it, and it, at the last minute, another guy showed up and said, no, wait a minute. I, maybe I was the one that killed him. So that cast reasonable doubt. And I think the jury was aware of that, but they could yeah. not convict him then. And yeah. and basically, he held up the decapitated head. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and remember how Forty Five went nuts over poor Kathy Griffin, who, who had poor taste and poor judgment. Uh, yeah. But she held up. But that was different. Where this is, you know, what what does this mean? 
to the bodies of our American heroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, how will they be desecrated by the other side? Right. This is okay. Right. You right. know, the other war yeah. crime was people peeing all over the corpses. Yeah. And what does this happen to our American soldiers? They don't. They don't want this to to follow on. It's just. It's very upsetting. Well, remember the thing in uh, remember Black Hawk Down, the movie. I think it yeah. was about the so- Somalia, and when they were yeah. dra- Somalia. dragging the corpses, the, the American officers, yeah. you know, military dragging them dead through the streets. I mean, you're absolutely right, Meg. And That's exactly right. That. Right. 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 And, and so, you know, anyway, but the, regardless, you know, the fact that that asshat injects himself into this whole procedure, not only that, what was the deal with Spencer was making a deal? It sounds like he was trying to make a deal with 45 such that Gallagher could keep his trident, could keep his pin, yet on the face of it, he would be getting, getting um, penalized somehow. I, I just didn't make any well, sense. And then more and more keeps coming out. You know, they made it yeah. look like he was fired. Yeah. And now he has produced a very beautifully written resignation letter mm-hmm. about, you know, so I honestly don't know whether they made that story up, Reggie, yeah. anymore. I mean, these people have no problem lying. So I will have to sit, take, you know, I will take the document, but I said, they, I have no problem with their lies. I have, and- no, I have no faith in anyone's assertions, and I'm going to go by the written document. Right. I mean, I have no, well, it goes without saying, at this point, you have no faith in anything. How can you possibly right. have faith in anything? Which is, is what they wanted to do. It's what, what they want. wanted to what do. Just wants. destroy. There is no truth. Right. Oh, right. can I just say one more thing, Reggie? Yeah. And I, to our listeners, I want to tell you, I didn't think I would have anything to say. And you can yeah. see <laughs> running around like a hen on animals, but I'm thinking about 45 and Putin. We have talked about this many times. You know, what does Putin have? What Mm. does 45 want from Putin? This is my evolving thinking. Okay, Trump was always needing money. And he was able to get money from the Russian oligarchs who had seemingly unlimited access to cash. I think that 45 wanted to become an oligarch. Oh. You know what I mean? He wanted someone to let him in this club where they simply print out money. And so he is doing whatever he can because he just doesn't want to borrow money from oligarchs. He wants to be hooked up to the fire hose. Now, I don't know how he would possibly work that out, but I think he sees all of that available funding and says, why should I have to wait at the spigot? Why can't I be at the hose? So anyway, that's my latest on what he thinks he's going to get from Putin at some point. He wants to be an oligarch himself. Well, that probably makes perfect sense. That probably makes sense. And will bear itself out as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we have anything to be grateful for or thankful for in the last few minutes as we wrap this up? I'm always, I, I, and I'm always amazed by the, the range of experience that we have on this call that Reggie has and that Meg has to yeah. bring and to these issues. Franny. And you yeah. too, Franny. Uh, I, I try to judicial. jump in every now and then, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, you know, there just really is a tremendous range of experience that can be brought to bear on this. And we're very grateful for our listeners that, are, oh, yes. you know, like to follow along and laugh along with us as we try to try to find some humor in all of this. And just stay grateful. We're still here, and truth and justice will prevail. There you right. go. So the justice we has a long win. arc. Um, yes, yes, it does. The, the arc of we will win in arc. a long, long. It may take a long, long time, 
but we're what's win. right, just as quoting uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman, you know, mm. what's right, this is what, what's right counts in it. it and will in America, right yeah. matters. It right matters. Right matters. Okay. Um, so as discussed today, Trump's reckless and self-serving, <laughs> self-serving actions undermine the rule of law and our American way of life. Thank you for being here, Franny and Meg. My name's Reggie. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and at Sisters of Resistance, and find us on Sisters of Resistance on Facebook, and email us at sistersofresistance3 at gmail.com. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. There's always something to be grateful for. So yes. thank you. Thank sure you. For is. And thank we'll, you. We will wrap. We will be here next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.